Blog Talk Radio. Oh, no. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Global Drive Network presents Queen Conversations. We are your hosts, Leah, Lakisa, Wendy, and Ebony. Hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. How are y'all doing? Good. Hope everybody's having a good time, a good night so far. I believe so. I'm excited. So we need to go ahead and and advise everybody of who we are all over again. Would you like to go first, Lakisa? Yes, I will. My name is Lakisa, and I am from South Carolina, currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am currently a full-time grad student in nursing education, um, registered nurse for about 11 years in labor delivery. Um, single and um, just doing kind of like a change of career right now, trying to go into college professor role. I love um, encouraging others, especially young children. Um, my friend and I started a literacy foundation called the Imani Children's Literacy Foundation. We started in 2012, and our Imani Day, our annual Imani, is actually tomorrow here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we are very excited. Um, to work with those children um, from October through May. Our goal is to increase literacy skills to make them competent and confident readers. So hello, everybody. That's awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Wendy, would you like to go next? I am Wendy Elizabeth from Chicagoland. Um, Do a lot of stuff, too much to Mm -hmm. even try to say. I'm a new art, a new author, um, the one and only. That's all I can say. You'll get to see my personality will speak for itself. That's all. What's I can the name say. of your book, Wendy? Fear not, unmasking and eradicating the spirit of fear. Oh, man. Oh. Okay. Where can you find your book on sale? Um, you can get it from me. You can get it off of Kindle, Amazon, um, and then a few local bookstores uh, in Chicagoland have it. Um, but the the surefire way is to go through Amazon. You can look on um, uh, um, Facebook and get the link from my Facebook page, and Wendy is spelled W-I-N-D-I, and um, go from there. It is readily available to bless your life. Oh, good. Very good. Okay, Leah. Hello, everyone. My name is Leah Joelle McClish. I'm the married one of the group. <laughs> Been married five years. <laughs> I am from East St. Louis, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Thank you. East St. Louis, Illinois, Denver, Colorado. I currently reside in Wichita, Kansas. Here I am a school principal. I also consult full-time for early childhood programs. I am a pastor's wife, and I am a gospel recording artist as well. So my life is not my own, as I always say, but glory to God that he allows us to uh, do all things. Amen. And my name is Abby. Um, I currently reside in the Dallas, Texas area. Um, I am a divorcee, and I'm a mother of three um, little ladybugs, um, they keep me very busy, uh, 11 years old, 7 years old, and 5 years old. Um, I currently work in corporate America for a major insurance company in the behavioral health department. Um, I'm a manager, and I um, 
uh, currently at this immediate moment in time, I have a staff of about 45 clinicians. I'm a licensed professional counselor by trade and by calling. Um, and I just have a passion for uh, women's ministry, uh, praise and worship, um, just all those things. So I'm just excited to be here today with you three ladies, you three queens. Well, we are excited. I think we all are excited um, for sure to be um, talking to each other in the community, and that leads me to the next segment. So we're going to start off with hot topics, everybody. And you know the first hot topic that we're going to go into, if you guys can already guess it, is the election. The debate from last night. Mm -hmm. So the last debate. So ladies, what are your thoughts on kind of the, we can even say the show that was put on last night by Senator, um, by Hillary Clinton and um, Donald Trump? Your thoughts, Eddie? Uh, Well, first of all, I didn't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I did not watch it. Um, I was actually at Bible study last night, um, but I did. I watched it. Um, the second debate. I watched the second debate, um, and I'll just be honest with you. Um, this is is just really. <sighs> it, it's it's just it's, it's tormenting me. I, I looked on Facebook because you know that's the source of everything, and uh, I'm forcing myself to kind of look at the views of people who, you know, are voting for Trump. I force myself to see what they're thinking. Not to say that I'm, I'm not saying who I'm voting for in general, but, um, yeah, I'm just trying to get a better understanding because, you know, psychologically this really doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah, I actually did not watch the debates last night. Did you watch it? I don't know if you're directing that question at me, but this is Leah. A show is a perfect name for what we witnessed last night. <laughs> I'm at the point where I need to pop some popcorn, get some lemonade or something to sip to get through these debates. But oh, thank God, glory be to his name that that was the last debate. <laughs> to not have to endure yes. all of this again. And I, I think Wendy said it last time that we met. We just need Jesus. That's what it boils down yeah. to, because if we say that Hillary's the best or Trump mm-hmm. is the best, we, we need to get back in our word and figure this out, because clearly this is this is where we are, America. We have yeah. two candidates that yeah. don't really represent the way of Christ, and we're, we're left with, you know, the lesser of the two evils. So it, it really boils down to whatever your moral tell you to do at this point. Yeah, that's the, and I, and even so, in the past, I think we've had leaders that probably didn't represent Christ. But I think, on the other hand, they had more of the heart of the people, because we are yes, we have people who are Christian, Muslim, Hindu. We have people who are Jewish, and all those should be respected. Um, so it's kind of like when you're going in a direction where you're demeaning a certain group, calling people on those those umbrays, and you know, it's just kind of like you're almost selecting them out, it becomes very disrespectful. And when we have a leader of the free nation, especially representing the world, um, going to different countries and sitting at the table with the United Nations, we want somebody who's going to represent the people. We might not agree with that leader, 
we didn't agree with Bush or maybe Carter or whoever else, but they were representing the people. But, yes, as believers, we should definitely have Christ in the center for those who do believe in Jesus Christ because we can't depend on nobody but, but him. But as for a leader of the nation, he needs to be, um, he or she needs to be um, representing all people equally. Well, I was thinking about this question, uh, knowing that it was coming up and knowing that I had no intention of watching uh, the shenanigans. So I said, well, okay, I got to have something to offer. And the one thing that came to mind was you know, I'm I'm always trying to find the reason to everything, and there's got to be a purpose in it. It's got to, you know, nothing just happens. So what I, what I came to with this whole debate and election and the two people and the lesser two evils and, is that I really, really, really believe that this is purpose to get people to a place where they stop depending on government to solve problems, where they stop depending on people as a whole to be a solution and come to the place where if we are starved into a corner that we recognize that all we really can depend on is God and we get back to being who we say we are, which is a nation under God, whatever God that is that you serve, it's time to go to him and talk to him and get some get some resolution as it pertains to who you really are and who we really are going to be as a people. So that's kind of where I'm located with it, and I'm trying to see the hope in it rather than because if you continue to, to watch um, what we see, it is depressing and hopeless and irritating and frustrating, and it's, it's something in it that I know God wants us to take from it, but we got we to gotta recognize what that really is, and it's not in the people, clearly. Okay, very, very much so. Um, so our next hot topic um, it's actually kind of a correlation of the election, but it's going more towards pastors in the pulpit directing their members to vote for a certain candidate. What do you guys think about this? Because this has kind of been in the news, or you'll hear pastors saying, "If you vote for Trump, you're going, you're going to hell," or or something of that nature. Um, Leah, what is your take on pastors really being? really verbalizing their views when it comes to um, political views. Actually, I've seen the complete opposite with pastors. I've seen the gauge to go more towards Trump because they believe in his conservative values. So I actually ran into a pastor locally. I will not name the name, uh, but he has a multiracial church, very uh, large atmosphere, and he makes a lot of Facebook posts condemning anyone who's a Democrat, condemning Hillary, uh, and pretty much saying that, um, you know, Trump won't be a baby killer and, you know, all the rhetoric that goes against um, Democratic values. And the only thing that I would say to that is when we cross the line of preaching Jesus and showing them the right way to go and put our political personal views in front of what God says, I think we do a disservice to our people because the church is one of the atmospheres that, one of the only atmospheres actually that you would see different cultures, different races embrace in church. That's the one area where we try to have unity. And the the best way to, to discord unity is to start talking about politics. That's why they don't tell you to do it at work. <laughs> do it in your home right, so that exactly. you, you offend so many people. And I just think by so many pastors uh, and leaders coming out to voice their personal concerns uh, using the church platform to do it, I think is inappropriate. Now, if it's your personal page, that's a different story. But if you're using it in the name of your church, 
I have a I have a problem with that. Very true. That's that's a good point. What do you think, Wendy? I think that's a it's a fine line. On one hand, um, on one hand, I am not a huge fan of the conversation of politics in general because politics, or on some levels, is very personal. But in, from even a biblical standpoint, that was a, a part of the, the role of the prophet in the Bible was to deal with the kings and deal with rulers and tell what, you know, what the Lord was saying to them to help navigate them to the places of promise and the places of purpose that God had, had ordained for his people. So on one hand, I believe it, there is a role, but you have to be very specific to only be speaking what God is saying again, according to his word. Other than that, if it's your personal opinion, I don't think personal opinion has very much standing in the pulpit as a whole. So, mm. Abby? Yeah, I, I agree with them. Um, I've, I've been kind of vocal about it, and um, I've seen some very irresponsible behavior from the pulpit. Um, and, and I shouldn't necessarily say actually from speaking from the pulpit, but uh, like in the written material, um, just reading, like especially some local pastors, um, pretty much disregarding um, some of the comments that were made about their, you know, parishioners, their congregants. Um, and what we're doing really is highlighting one piece of, of of social issues in America, and we're putting it on a pedestal, and a lot of other social issues are just being thrown to the wayside. So abortion is the issue. Abortion is what uh, many of these pastors are focused on, but to the detriment of so many other social issues, and that I just I just have a hard time with. So, yeah, to me it can borderline on being irresponsible. Um, and, you know, the, the whole focus on fear, um, and that's something that, you know, throughout church history, throughout the word, we're talk, we talk about how, you know, we're not operating under fear, but in this instance, it seems to be um, the catalyst that's pushing a lot of this forward. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, one of our pastors in Charlotte made national news supporting Trump. Do you guys remember that? The um, pastor here that made national news, the church was supporting and really pushing Trump. They had never met him, but his daughter was coming to speak that week. I think that's what kind of sparked some of the talks that was going on. Did any of you guys hear about that Mm-mm. here in North Carolina? Yeah, so um, it was a church here that were really, really hard, hardcore Trump supporters. And, um, you know, it becomes, I don't know, I do, I do remember growing up, you know, people would come into um, the church and say they're running for a city council or, or something like that. And um, you'll see them that Sunday. You won't see them until the next election. Or occasionally you'll, if someone who is definitely a part of the community, they're going to come in, you know, if they're part of the community. But, you know, I kind of wonder is that kind of common throughout society. Like, you know, people just come show their face for numbers. But mm-hmm. I know everyone doesn't do that, but um, sometimes that seems more common than other times. So if any of you guys have just been tuning in, we are Q 
Queen Conversations. Thank you guys for listening. And we have just finished our hot topics, and we have a nice show agenda for everyone who is tuning in. And remember, if you have questions, save your questions and comments because we will let you know when you can call in, and we will give you the number. So one thing that has been kind of rattling um, across the waves um, when it comes to being inappropriate or um, kind of going across boundaries is sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Kind of a word that's a little, it can be a little touchy subject because some things that are Mm -hmm. sexual assault towards women or men may not be on your agenda or something that you agree with, but um, especially with these women coming out with um, Trump and different things and um, sexual assault. Ladies, when it comes to that, what is appropriate? What is not appropriate? Wendy, I'm going to start with you. Oh. As it pertains to, I mean, any level of assault, if you put your hands on me unwelcome, it's an assault. If you put an instrument, a weapon, uh, a piece of paper on me in in a loose manner, in any way that it has not been welcome, it's an assault. Now, you can, I mean, verbal assault, that's a whole other conversation, but sexually speaking, just keep your hands to yourself. And and we'll be okay. That's sexual assault, um, as pertains to me, as I, as I would think it to be rather. And it's never appropriate. It's never acceptable. And that's that's that. And what about men? Abby, I'm going to give this question to you. Have you ever heard of men being sexually assaulted, or do you feel like that word was more used for protection for women? Or what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think men can be sexually assaulted um, because I think it boils down to how do you define consent. Um, and once the criteria for consent has not been met, whether by male or female, then assault has taken place. So, mm. you know, if I have no capacity to say, yes, this is something that I want to do with you, then, for instance, if I'm intoxicated or if I'm not of age, I don't have the capacity to say yes to you, male or female. If, I, um, if I'm if i coerced or forced into doing something, male or female, that's assault. So, you know, for instance, um, you tell me you have a gun in, the, in your nightstand and you're not afraid to use it if I don't have sex with you, that's sex by coercion, that's assault. You know, I didn't have freedom to freely give myself to you because there was a, a, a requirement. There was something put in place where I couldn't freely give my consent. And then if I'm not saying yes, either through saying yes or through my actions of saying yes, then that's not consent. So in my opinion, yeah, it could be male or female. And until consent is actually made, it's assault walking up to someone and grabbing their body part without their permission, without their consent, is assault. You know, quickly to follow up with you, I have a question for you, because since you are a licensed counselor, how many people have you counseled that have been sexually assaulted that never spoke of or told anybody it was the first time they may spoken with you about it? Ooh. How um, often, how often <laughs> does that happen? I would 
say in and this is just off the top of my head, um, in over I would say over ninety five percent of the people that I counsel who have been assaulted mm-hmm. never filed a report. Never filed a report. Mm-hmm. Um possibly never told anyone. Um you know, it, it also could be that they told someone, the person they told never believed them. And so that set up, you know, further um, victimization. And they just kept quiet about it for years and may have continued to be victimized by subsequent partners. So, um, I mean, it's it's a it was a high number. That was just for me and my private practice. Um you know, we had a lot mm-hmm. of sexual abuse victims or survivors, I should say, in our practice because that's an area that's dear to my heart. But a majority of the people I saw, you know, that number may be a lower number for another therapist. But for me, it was a very high number of people who had never sought help before or never reported it. Mm. Okay. Leah? Your experience yes. with sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Well, what are some of your thoughts? I think we need to tackle. I think we need to tackle the actual definition of sexual assault because watching the media, I, I'm saddened that we really don't have a clear definition of what that means. Because when I see women defending what Trump said, or his actions, and I won't use the term he used because I think it's completely vulgar, I think it's time to give us all a little bit of education on what it actually means. So according to the definition, sexual assault is any type of sexual contact or behavior that occurs without the explicit consent of the recipient. And so to not dig too deep, because I, I believe we will have another time to discuss actual rape occasions, molestation, Uh, incest, bottling, sodomy, all of that. But just the bare minimum is any time that you do not have the consent of that other individual with them touching you, that is considered sexual assault. And so I think there's a lot of women, um, and we can go back generations to generations, who dealt with sexual assault and didn't understand that that's what they were dealing with. Mm -hmm. Even now I think we uh, have a lot of women who deal with sexual assault and may not understand it because it didn't go all the way there. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I've experienced sexual abuse, um, not just assault, but I've, I've been raped by a person I didn't even know. And so I, I really try to use my time to help other women dig themselves out of potential holes by understanding that that little intuition that you have that helps you in those situations, if you ever feel like, hmm, that's a little strange, that's a little weird, you're not crazy, you're not dumb, you know, that could have – very well been sexual assault. Anytime you feel that uncomfortable, we need to understand what that is. So um, I'm just, I'm really disheartened and saddened that we're having a debate <laughs> mm-hmm. about locker room talk or about what sexual right. assault is. I, I think it's just, it's really sad. It is. Yeah, that is. I, you know, today I was thinking, I said, when we were thinking about the discussion, I'm like, hmm, you know, I, I remember it was a time, this was when I was an undergrad, um, being approached by someone who, um, this guy, he, he gave me a hug, but it was just kind of, it just didn't feel right. You know how someone who, you know how you get that feeling like, uh, this mm-hmm. is, you're trying to get a little inappropriate, but, um, and just the bad vibe mm-hmm. came. And, you know, it wasn't it wasn't even like we were alone, you know what I'm saying, like with people around, but just kind of 
sticking up for yourself. I can see how someone who's not um, a little strong to say could just kind of let it fly. But in that case, I'm like, hey, well, hold on, you know, like, um, <laughs> we're not together. You're not my man, and you can't touch this beautiful brown skin over here. So, um, <laughs> all right, I can, I can see that. <laughs> Shea butter, shea butter all the way down, you know. So, come on, shea butter. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, but you know, like with with all jokes aside, I can see how that can be where if somebody did get somebody alone and they didn't, they didn't want to be um, pushy or they didn't know how to say. And I don't even know if parents are talking to their kids about these mm-hmm. things, even when it comes to inappropriate behavior, when it comes to men or women, even mm-hmm. if we can talk about my little nephew, um, I had my little nephew, uh, Jalen, I wouldn't let him go into the male restroom um, when he, I remember he came to visit me in California. I would like have him come in a female restroom. He was, I mean, he was like seven years old, but I'm like, oh no, because I don't know. He, mm-hmm. he just, the fear, and it, it's fear, and it's because of things that's happened. You just don't know. It can cross both lines, same sex or not. And um, right. like you said earlier, if somebody's looking at you or yep. differently, you got to let somebody know. And it's, it's so, important right. to teach kids boundaries. Um, one thing that um, I tried with my girls, and my family had to learn this. Um, if they don't want to hug you, they're not going to hug you. I'm not going to force my children to hug you because if mm. if they are feeling a certain kind of way, they don't. their body is telling them, I don't want to hug you for a reason. That's them listening to their body. And when you're trained to, when your parents push you and force you to hug somebody who's a total stranger to you, that's teaching mm. you to not trust your own body. Your body is That's sending off all kind of yeah, it's sending off all kind of radars telling you, hey, you don't know this person, you know, keep your distance from this person. But instead, someone who you trust, your parent, is urging you hug or kiss someone or allow somebody to kiss on you that you aren't comfortable with. So my family had a hard time with that initially um, because they were they were offended by it, and I'm like, I, you're an adult. You know, I'm not responsible for your offense at this moment in time. My job <laughs> <Exactly>. is to <laughs> my job is to teach them to respect and understand when their their little radar is going off that they honor mm-hmm. because that's their trigger, that's their red flag, that's their body trying to train them and teach them when they're not comfortable with something. They don't have to do it. If you're not, if that baby's not comfortable hugging you, your world's not going to end because my seven or five year old or eleven year old isn't giving you a hug and if it is that's your issue. You know. Wow, so that's it, just, it, I never thought of it like that. That is because yep. you do hear family like, Go ahead, go ahead and give your cousin you have you know, you had a family reunion. Go ahead and give Uncle Willie a hug. Go on. You know Go ahead. That is something that we discussed in early childhood. Um, even in preschool the children are taught about body parts. They they do it in a way of swimsuits. Anything that is covered by your swimsuit should not be touched. And we talk about the same thing with your body. It's your body. You own your body. If you're uncomfortable, you don't have to touch. You don't have to hug. And, and we teach the same thing of, you know, going with that inner voice that they have. And it teaches them to learn, uh, you know, what, it, what an inner voice actually is. Hmm. Very good. Well, I'm glad you guys are um, – 
have a more of a conversation. Unfortunately, when things happen, then then people want to talk. But I'm glad you guys are having it before before that. Mm-hmm. So at this time, we can take some questions. Um, if we have any questions or comments, feel free to call in. If you look on our website, if anybody's on our Facebook page, you can see the link. It's a number. Or I have the number. Dial... It's 929-477-2304. Okay. And if you have a question, press 1. Again, that number is 929-477-2304 and press 1. Okay. So... You know, it's so funny um, that, you know, when it comes to beauty, and if we have any people that's calling in, we can take callers as we're talking the topic. Um, when it comes to beauty and looks that society holds standards of, um, you know, it kind of has many variables. So our next topic is what defines natural beauty? Wendy. The beautiful Miss Wendy. Well, what the f- that, why, thank you. That is actually my business. Beauty is my business. But um, I think it, <laughs> it, it's personal. Beauty is personal. And um, unfortunately, I think we take it from <clears throat> from society, from media, instead of really giving ourselves the opportunity to, to see and to learn um, ourselves as individuals and learn how to enhance what we already have. I think it's um, anything wrong with adding, subtracting, you know, shining up, polishing, nipping or tucking, whatever it is that you need to do within reason. Don't go overboard. Um, but a lot of times I think, you know, when it comes to beauty, it, it's something that evolves over time, the understanding and the uh, ability to enhance it. Um, but I think it's something that we need to discover. It's nothing that you just you you don't really recognize it generally. You know, little girls look at each other and kind of figure stuff out. Unfortunately, and we continue to do that over time. We don't develop in that regard to be able to really look at ourselves and allow God to show us who we are as we see through His eyes, um, what what His what He has created us to be in the beauty of His eyes, so that we can demonstrate it through the earth. But that's that's it's it's evolving. It's not that nothing's finite or anything like that. It's something that kind of develops over time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when, did, when, did, when do you think, because this is your, um, this is what you do, when did beauty become something that you felt was like a calling or, or how would you describe Forever. it? Forever. 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 <laughs> forever. Forever, I was ever, the, the ever, 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 um, wearing fur coats and high heels, I really did because I have always been. Uh, my I I, why not? My father bought me my first fur at three years old, and I have had no. one ever since. I was the one that my mother took to the uh, the, re- the resale store and bought me a pair of banana yellow six inch heels that I'm walking around in the house with like they were gym shoes. This has always been me. I've always yeah. been a carried a purse. They still they mess with me. I've carried a purse since I was two every day of my life. It was tissues and a pair of pearls in my purse because I felt like pearls made you a lady, and I was always supposed to be a girl and a lady, and I knew it. So this is this has always been me. 
always been wow. there. Wow. So this is men. Uh-huh. This is men who you are. Did you have like a someone you looked up to that kind of shaped it for you? No, no. It, it was it was out. It was all of, you. I'm, I'm telling you, this is just this is just how I am, and this was a part of the soil of me. But um, there were aspects of people that I would see um, that would stand out to me. Like, and I, I I don't know if I ever told my mother this, but my mother's hands when I was a little girl were so pretty to me. And so I started, I focused on her hands as a little girl a lot, and I, I wanted my hands to look like my mom's hands. So I started polishing my nails at three and four years old. And my mom, would, you know, she would wear eyeliner and things like that, and I would see other women um, in, in heels. And I wanted, I, you know, it was little things that would stick out that looked beautiful to me about other women, and I would try to notice them and bring them out in myself. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I don't know if I'm getting off the subject or not, but did you ever go through a period um, where you toil with your, your outer beauty, your physical beauty? Or is that something that not, you Not to the degree that most, I think most girls do. I'm not trying to be funny, but I always thought I was cute, the bomb.com. Okay. As far as my face was concerned and my hair and things like that, but I had I was a heavier I was a heavier little girl, a heavier young woman for a period of time, and so my weight was an issue. But as far as my appearance and thinking I was pretty, I never thought I was ugly or anything like that. And a, a lot of that I'm sure had to do with my father. Over and over and over and steal it. You know, he would stand us in the mirror every Sunday morning and say, "Look, look what I made. Look what I made. Y'all are going, you know, and, and just tell us who we were and how attractive we were and how intelligent we were." So I never had the whole ugly, stupid girl thing, you know, that a lot of young girls go through. But I had fat girl sister. Um So mm. that's just as bad. But never, never thought I was, you know, I'm so ugly. None of that. None of that. Mm. And it's unfortunate. We do have some some women who go through those things because of society and life standards. But, you know, like Maya Angelou says, pretty women wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built up to a fashion model size. <laughs> but when, they start, when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. Um, I really think that um, beauty is everybody is – has their own sense of beauty. Alicia Keys said something that every woman is, um, you know, just totally bad. I'm not going to say what she said. She said a cursory to it. But um, truly, when you really feel confident within yourself and your skin and who you are, that represents beauty. And, um, you know, if you talk to the young girl that lives in Bangladesh or the a young lady who lives in Ecuador or here in, uh, you know, who lives in Kansas. I mean, the the definitions, um, the denominator is the same. You're confident within yourself. When I was younger, y'all not going to guess who I thought the most beautiful woman in the world was, like, growing up. (laughs) I thought Naomi Campbell was beautiful. Like, I remember her, like, she was, she Hmm. was, I thought her, Beautiful dark skin. She was yeah, so. She is beautiful. Beautiful. She <laughs> is, and um, you know, and then um, amongst others. Now mm-hmm. her attitude is ridiculously horrible, mm-hmm. but on the on the outside, she's a bad. That's a bad chick, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, she is. Um, she really is. You know. So my, in my mind, because 
I think it starts off with your parents, what they put in front of you, just like Wendy, like your parents said, what they told you, how they influenced you. That that means a lot, you know. Even to the dolls or the the images mm-hmm. that that you have surrounding you, because even if we can go into hair, and I know that's going to come up, natural, what is natural, just being yourself. Yeah. I think that sometimes we've been programmed to like or adore the opposite because of them being on the mainstream. I don't oh, know yeah. if you guys follow. David Banner at all um, He's kind of controversial but some of his things um, He says he definitely says the truth You know with us being like a A word processor Sometimes We're influenced by different things but we Clean the slate you know and eat All this stuff the, the garbage that we're Feeding into you know we'll Just see ourselves who are we That's the question who are you And, and that's where We get these mixed up singles I want to have a big Butt I want to have big lips Long hair, I want to be light skin. I want to be thin, mm-hmm. you know, because um, you don't know who you are. Right. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's you one of my right. little takes of it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, <clears throat> it's interesting because my grandmother um, was a beautician, and when I look Back at pictures of her, even growing up, she she was just always like dressed nice, and her hair was always really nice, and uh, she was just always well put together, you know. So I, I admired that, uh, and I wanted that for myself, and I wanted to be um, to present myself in a way that my daughters can look at me and be proud, or not necessarily proud, but inspired by what they see, and you know they. <laughs> My second daughter uh, saw my stretch marks the other day, and, <laughs> and she was pointing mm-hmm. them, asking me what they were, and she was just so intrigued by them. Um, and went to school <laughs> the next day, saw my her leg hurt because her stretch marks hurt, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, God. you know, <laughs> I'm like, she said, what? You know, so for me it's um, – I, I I was one of those kids that was kind of funny looking, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, my, my aunt slipped up one day and said I was the ugly duckling of the family. And that's what I felt. Mm. Yeah, I, I felt like I was. Um, I, mm. I had short hair. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't working with nothing. <laughs> I, was, oh, I was never working with anything. And so, you know, I was kind of forced to develop, you know, my personality, you know, my personality had to be fantastic. <laughs> oh my <laughs> because, goodness! Because <laughs> I was lacking <laughs> in the in the looks department. You know, um, and people think I'm making that up when I say that. But I mean, the pictures that you know, my dad still has a blackmail picture of me. The pictures tell the truth because I think I blossomed older. You know, later in life. Um, but you know, it's it's definitely um, for me inner beauty. Um, it's character and, you know, intelligence and wisdom, um, how you relate to people, you know, all those different things. But um, there was a time that I would say that it seems like you had to sacrifice one for the other, and which is one one thing I like about you, Wendy. You are, you is no whole bar. You, you don't have to sacrifice. You can be um, this beautiful creature and at the same time have the total personality package. So, 
But you you know, one thing that I was was told uh, a while ago, and I think this this speaks to something that we need to help our our girls with, not just our you know our daughters, but women women that we're around of all ages, young and old. Um, The whole my father told me I was probably about sixteen and had no concept that anything was wrong with any aspect of my life in that regard. But he said, you know, I know I know the boys are not, because I didn't start dating until I was like 18 or 19. I know the boys are not really interested in you a whole lot, but, you know, you, you may not be the one that they want to play with, but you, you're the one that they're going to want to settle with. And his, his attempt was to be encouraging, but it, it mm-hmm. bothered me because it was like, well, oh, now that he mentioned it, I'm, everybody is doing something different than what I'm doing, so what is wrong with me? But when we have the conversation of trying to tell our daughters to develop develop a personality and to know who you are, that that's real and it's honest and it's true, but you have to deal with the fact that there is something different now, you know, that pe- the boys may not be choosing you, but the, cho- the, the choice really is with you. Not They're not the choosers. you the chooser, you know, and beyond that to learn how to settle themselves, whatever their particular lot is in life as it pertains to their appearance because there's something beautiful about you externally if you're willing to see it, you know, it may not look like mm-hmm. what you're used to seeing, but it's something beautiful about you. And that's, that's actually something, an exercise I do. I teach a class called Adorn. And I ask everybody in the room, what's your favorite body part? What's your favorite physical feature about you? And it's amazing how a lot of women cannot tell you something that they like about themselves because they can't see it because they've been trained out of seeing what's really there because of all the other things that they think that they lack. And if we can show our daughters that who you are is not a mistake and the way you have been created has been uniquely and finely crafted by the one who made the heavens, the earth, the stars, he didn't make any mistakes in, with your nose. He knew what he was doing. Right. Let's, let's figure out. Let's, let's enhance the things that God created you uh, physically to look like as internally and externally because when it's all said and done, people are going to be attracted initially by the physical. So we have to deal with the right. physical, the inward and the outward, and develop so both beauties. By the end of the class, are they able to pinpoint something that they like about themselves? Like, are they? Well, at that point, that? generally, no. We don't even go back to that. At the oh, end, the okay. goal is to to put make sure that you're past that. But what what I like to do is sometimes I don't get that far. Is to ask other people in the room, all the other women, identify your favorite feature on every woman in the room. Right. Because women don't see themselves the way other women do. Mm-hmm. And so we can, you know, if we're willing to over overlook our own foolishness, we can mm-hmm. tell you, oh, yes, you got great legs, you got a great shape, and this, this same butt that you've been saying is too big and you're trying to hide is the same butt that your sister is like, man, I wish I had that butt. Trying to buy. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, and it's easier for us to accept somebody else's compliment. Well, it's hard right. to take compliment a lot of times, but it's easier for somebody else to tell us something that's good about us than for us to identify it. That's true. That's true. Hmm. And, you know, just to kind of piggyback, you said you're the chooser, not him, um, when it comes to, you know, I guess what they Absolutely. recognize as beauty. Um you know, it seems not not all men, and I'm you know, this will be an interesting call for a man to call in, ding ding ding, to call <laughs> to call in and put his views on this. But it seems as if, and it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, yes, 
the outward appearance is always noted first, but it seemed like with some men, not all, that that is like the motivating drive. So they might choose someone who is, um, let's say, long hair, um, mixed race or light, okay, not all, some, and but they don't they they might are whatever shapely and all this other stuff big breasts but they don't have anything to contribute to their own life like they're not bringing anything to the table i'm not even talking money i'm just talking even with just helping them to be better so like the push is just you just wearing like a oh this is just my i don't know what's the name they call it you know when people have these um very high top model wives and girlfriends Trust like they don't even have any yeah, like a trophy wife. It's like, but that's, and it seems like that is still the okie doke in 2016 going in 2017. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the substance? And yes, absolutely. Yes, I want to be able to say, y'all, yeah, that's mine right there. That's my man. <laughs> 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 no, yes, <laughs> that's him. And even with the year going down the line, you got to keep your, you want to keep yourself up. You want to work out. You want to, be healthy, you know, I, I don't want to have to, you know, mm-hmm. unnecessarily us go through health issues because we didn't do what we were supposed to do in our 20s and 30s. Right. But why is it, you guys, that that is still what is a common denominator with some men want to be attracted to more so that group and not substance? Then they find out later, you know what, I messed up. And here, here we go. We, we, in the, we, in the round, we in the ring again. I don't. Sometimes I, I just don't understand. Ask, I think that's something to ask the men. Um, I don't know that we can sufficiently answer that question because you know we don't have their minds, and I don't want to think that all men think that way. Um, right, what I have course. come to find is that people in the dating field may go for whoever may satisfy them at the time, but um, I believe when they get ready to settle down, they're looking for more substance, not just what our outer looks like. And Wendy hit the nail on the head. I think the reason why men may go for certain groups of people more than others is because the way we feel about ourselves. If we don't exude the confidence necessary um, to attract the right kind of people to us, then we'll accept what is given out a majority of the time. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very important to understand what beauty is and, and the simple exercise like Wendy spoke about of, Acknowledging another woman to say how beautiful they are, like what you like about that person, because women can tear each other down something terrible to the yeah. point where they feel like they <laughs> they matter not, you know. So I think it's very important to spend more time um, boosting confidence in others. But even after that, the biggest piece is having that self-confidence. What does God say that I am? Who does he um, design me to be? He created me you know, to be this person. So let me accept that and embrace it. That's really what it boils down to. Hmm. Yeah. And, and that, the, I think the, the, the prayer is that, that I tell women all, all the time is for, to ask the Lord to give you his eyes. Say, Lord, give me your eyes. Let me see what it is that you see. And then you can see the truth Mom. about the beauty of your own, of his creation. Because a lot of times we have been, again, so desensitized, our vision is so askewed that we can't see the truth. And it's not a matter of, you know, tucking it in, pinching it, you know, painting it at all without anything added to it. it you, 
I, I go back to this because I, I laugh at myself sometimes. I got a scripture for everything. When he <laughs> made us, he said it was very good. So when right. you look at you, if you can't if you can't say it's very good, something's wrong with your vision. Because when he looks at you, he's saying it's all good. So something's wrong with what you're saying if you can't agree with God. Because who's right, him or yeah. him or you? He's right every time. Right. Well, but there there may be some callers on here who still may need an understanding of what natural beauty looks like. You know, if 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 people are telling me to go natural, does that mean that's natural beauty? Or if I decide to get a sew in next week, am I still considered natural beauty? <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, you okay. know, there's degrees for, in natural. Yeah. yeah there's <laughs> there's oh, degrees for natural. So right. <laughs> there's degrees for so natural. Right. You you go so natural that you're not wearing deodorant, and you, you know what I mean. You're not taking care of your personal care. That's not natural. That's nasty. So you yeah. have to you have to qualify <laughs> personally what natural looks like to you, but to me that's yeah. not natural. That's unkempt. And then you have you know, people have different, different fifteen people. to twenty hair. different products that's in their hair. hair and still say it's natural. Right. You know, at, at some point, you can say you're natural, but then you got color in your hair. So are you really natural? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it, it, you have to qualify that in, in your own personal and, and, place. And it, it's become this banner. It's, it's really become this banner in this us versus them type thing. Um, and I've I've seen people who they, they wear it with pride. They wear it like it's a flag over them that they're natural, um, and it defines who they are. And it's us versus y'all who aren't natural. Um, and it, it, it's, it can be very frustrating because I'm like, well, for you to get the hairstyle that you have in your profile picture, you put 20 different products to get that hairstyle. You know, mm-hmm. how how natural is that hairstyle at this point? So, oh. you know, for me it's just, the, when I start thinking about natural beauty, I'm I'm thinking inner, who, who you are on the inside. Huh. Am know, I the only natural character. person on this show? Am I the only natural? Yes, girl, girl, I'm natural every other oh, What do you mean when you say natural? natural? <laughs> I'm saying natural meaning I don't have a relaxer and I don't have a sew-in or weave. Is, is that, I'm just want to I don't have one or today. Or not a relaxer. Okay. I don't have one today. I don't have a show in today. I do not have a relaxer at all, but I do have color. So, again, okay. I can't say right. I'm natural because I got color. Mm-hmm. Well, see, to me, if you say you have color, that doesn't, I mean, that that's not. That's not but it depends on who you talk well, to. They say, well, you ain't really right. natural because your hair is not blonde. That's why I say to me it's, it's not a big deal. What what I will say about the, the natural um <laughs> Power to the people. Um, I, I I don't I don't even know anybody who ha- who does use twenty products, but I get I have seen it on YouTube. But that's that's yeah. not even real life. Especially go to a real natural hairstylist. It's so funny. Back in the day, I'm pretty sure if our mothers might be lightly the same. Um, you know when our, our hair was natural, she put that hot comb on the stove, mm-hmm. and she put that blue magic grease in your hair, mm-hmm. and you were straight for Sunday morning. So, Come on, um, Blue Magic. <laughs> Come on, Blue Magic. That, it, it got you every time. But, um, you know, sometimes, and this is just my my thought, mm-hmm. sometimes I feel that when we do over-exaggerate, like I, I, know, I know someone who always, always wears extensions. She never shows her natural hair, and it's always in a straight, and, you know, and, she, and it's always 
heavy makeup. And under that, the one time I did see her for years, she had beautiful hair, and her hair was, was you know, curly, um, you know, more like a Z pattern and all. And it was just like, why do you know, just after I knew her, like, why do you wear sewing so much when you have, you're beautiful. Like, but sometimes I feel not all, but it's what is accepted. That's what, you know what, or like back in the day, I remember when people used to wear locks, the people say, oh, you can't be an attorney if you wear locks. You can't wear a company. Well, I know, yes, I do know, you know, people who have, lots of people who have locks and who work in corporate America. It's the perception well, because the European be, in some ways. I'll say honestly for me, um, I'm lazy when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I do what's easy where I can walk out the house and, and feel good about how I look, that I'm presenting a finished product to the world when I leave my house in the amount of time that's allotted to me between me and three little girls. So I am consistently doing what is easiest for me and can care less. So when I was, I've, I've gone back and forth from natural to relaxer since 2001 when it wasn't cool to be natural. I was natural for probably seven or eight years, and I'm a bachelor. I go back and forth. I see saw. Right now, I'm natural, um, but I wear, I wear wigs. I've worn weave. I've worn braids. Um, my hairstyle can change six times in the same year. Um, and if you look at pictures of me, I don't look the same in any picture. I look totally different depending on how my hair is. I've worn an afro attachment because that's that's what I wanted to wear. <laughs> So right. I can really care less. I'm not working in corporate America. Uh, I'm a manager in corporate America. Uh, I had a vice president who was very intrigued with my hair. I mean, it was like when we slid behind doors, behind closed doors, he was an older white man. He would talk to me about my hair, and he would give, he would tell me how he wanted me to wear it. He was like, you know, I think you would look cute with like a, a little short bob. Do you think that might be one of your hairstyles? I'm like, you know, I never thought about that, but if I wear it, I'll send you a picture. You know, he was he was just really into fashion, and that was just his thing. And so for me, I didn't do it to garner acceptance from the people in the workplace. Um, but mm-hmm. it was all about when I when I looked at myself in the mirror, did I like what I saw? You know, and what was easiest for me. So, right, and that and, yeah. is. That and that is all in what you want, and and you, among many others, do it for that. But there are definitely not I'm not to negate what you said, so not to say but, but um, well I said it again. But anyway, <laughs> there are lots of women who do it because of self hate, because yeah. they because they don't like the way their hair, they don't like um, who, and so they alter who they are and they keep it. They it's it's on constant because they're like you know what, I can't tell you how many I've heard. My hair is bad. It's it's nappy and it's all this. Something. Who told you that? And it's so it's so who funny. It's an old um, yeah. Like who who told you that? It's a it's a a speech that Malcolm X gave um maybe about three years before he passed away um, about self image and he was on it a hundred and fifty percent about we as people on our own self image. He said. You know, who taught you to hate yourself? And I think sometimes that spills into that. Not all, not everybody, because I love diversity. I've had braids, and um, I've had a sewing once in my life before, and, it, you know, my hair is You're so surprised. thick. <laughs> yeah, you know, once. Oh, God, I'm sorry. One time, and I said, oh, I'm good. 
And, and look, y'all, the lady who put the sew in my hair said, why are you going to put all this in your hair? You already got a lot of hair. I said, I just want to try it. Let me see what the big deal is. And I said, well, there ain't no big deal. I got a lot of hair myself, so I'm good. Yeah, but freedom. It was, it was fun. It was, it was fun. freedom. It was. It was. It was freedom. <laughs> and then I, I, but I love to go poetic justice once in a while now. Just a little bit. You know, get a little, <laughs> throw some braids in. But, yeah, it's all in fun. You know, you, but, um, you know. It's all, it's definitely and that's why I said beauty beauty is, is an evolving issue and, and natural beauty is an evolving because as you try things out, you see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And what I keep noticing being in this industry is I don't know when the shift happened from um, – I just – I remember being a kid and – Picture day and Sunday morning, you know, you got you got your hair done special. And then when you went to school, you had some braids and some ponytails. And if you got to wear some, you know, the back of your hair down, you were really doing something. But now, you know, little girls are doing prom hairstyles every day, and they don't mm-hmm. have they don't get the benefit of really coming to understand or appreciate what they have without the extras. Now, as you get older and you want to experiment right. with the extra stuff, that's that's fine. You know, again, that's a, that's an evolving thing, trying to see what works and what looks good on you and what doesn't. But when we introduce these runway looks to our six- and seven-year-old daughters where they have all this extra unnecessary stuff, and my my goddaughter had this incident that just kicked me off some years ago. We were in the, I used to, the shop that I have, it was another lady in there with her the little girl was four. She asked her, she and this was her this is exactly how she said it. She said, Your mama don't love you and I'm looking, I'm like, What you mean her mama don't love her? And so she was eight at the time I got older. She said, Well, what do you mean? She said, What kind of shoes are those? And she said, I don't know and she said, My mine is Nike. And so I'm like, okay, so you judging this girl by her shoes. And so she kept talking, and she said, um, uh, I asked her, how old are you, little girl? I said, how old are you? She said, I don't know. Hold on. Mama, how old is I, ma'am? Okay, so you oh. don't even know how old you are, but wow. you know what a Nike is, and her hair was gorgeous. Yep. It was late. You're four years yep. old. You don't know who you are, but you can identify what's not right enough to say that something is wrong with somebody else and that their parent doesn't love them because of a shoe. So what, where are we placing the value in our children, making them feel like they're important because of their parents? And right. here they are. Again, they don't know how old they are and don't even know how to ask how old I am appropriately. Mm. But this mm. is, this now is that the culture is, that we're, we're raising our girls to feel like you are or you aren't based off of your appearance, solely on your appearance. That is, oh, that is, oh, amen. That is a good, and that's a, that would be a very good segment to do because it is a huge problem. So well, huge me, that they're not even doing is. well in school in, in a lot of places. Don't get me started on these phones with these kids. Let, let me ask what you this. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Uh-huh, I can hear you. Okay. So I was I was looking at some, some of my friends' um, pictures and things. And it goes to what you were saying about little girls um, looking. Um, I don't know if you said prom ready, but prom ready. Looking, prom ready. There you go. Prom ready. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're going to play outside riding bikes and they're prom ready. 
And I was thinking, they ain't playing with no bike. Where's the bike? I ain't seen bike forever. But that's true. Now you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to get your perspective because I don't want to be judgmental, but I also feel like we as women, we walk around these days wedding ready. We we walk around in bridal, um, uh, not attire, but it's like the same makeup you would wear on your wedding day. It's the same. Like I wore today to work, to work. I had on more makeup today than I did the day I got married. Now I don't wear a ton of makeup. Yeah, I don't. I don't really I wear a ton of makeup. That's a personal thing. That I, I think it, it it makes a difference. First of all, what your industry is. Because for me, I I when I tell you I have a big face every day, but that's my business. <laughs> That's my business, you know. I'm, I'm a makeup yeah, artist. I'm a nail tech. I do a lot of things. So again, if if Lame. when I do, that's that's how I get my business. When I walk into the store, oh my God, you got a card? You know who does your who does do did your makeup? That's that's advertising for me. Plus, that's innate right. to me. I've been doing that forever, and it, it's been an expression of creativity. It's just something I like. But if you're doing it, it what's your motive? Is that you? Is that you? You know, expressing something inwardly that God placed in there that you you just living out, or are you trying to compete? Are you trying to measure up? Do you not feel? Because I went through that for a little while. It was like, okay, could I go outside without my face done, or is this something oh, that I feel like I have to do? If I, you know what I mean, can, can I do yeah. it? And it's like, okay, if I can't do it, then that's that's indicative that there's something broken, there's something fragmented that I need to address. So it's so the I'm motive. Not, I think not. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not addicted to it. Um, trust me, I, I can. I will go to the grocery store with no makeup on. I'll even go to work with no makeup on. And I really, I really, I got my face done year before last for my birthday, and just was like, oh, look how I look with makeup on, you know. And just fell it's in love. I, I have three <laughs> bags. Like to you, it may be nothing, but I have three Ziploc gallon-sized bags of makeup. Never keep your makeup in, in Ziploc bags. Don't Note keep them in Ziploc bags? No, oh. ma'am. You are containing oh. bacteria. Let it breathe. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm learning something. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I went to Ulta, and I'm just getting into all these different things. And it just occurred to me, you know, I was looking at, a, at a wet, my wedding picture, and I'm like, man, I had on foundation, eyeliner, and lipstick on my wedding day, and I was cute. I ain't gonna lie, I was yeah, I'm sure. Day. I'm sure. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's like today, you know, I contoured, I put my eyeliner on, my my mascara, my um, my my lip liner, my lipstick, and my found you know my foundation, my primer, girl, the the little spray, the finishing spray, the finishing powder. I did all that stuff, and was I loved it. You know, I don't I don't associate anything like I'm not doing it for anybody. I really do do it for myself because I love the way. You know, I look when I do that. I'm not probably nowhere near the level you are. But it just occurred to me, I'm like, man, I have on more makeup today than I did on my wedding day. What's that about? You know, and it's just a big phase of makeup. That's an everyday phase. You can do an everyday phase, and you got your evening look. You know, there's there's stages. You don't have to go through all of that in order. But I think a lot of times we're addicted to the feeling. That we have when we're in it, you know, and one of the things that the feeling, how you feel, this is how I I like the way I feel when I'm when this is my presentation, and I don't like the way it feels when I don't have it on, you know, I don't like the it's it's a feeling where it's different because it feels good, it makes you feel like you are put together, and so that when you like that, you keep doing, 
but it was years ago, a guy that I was dating, I didn't have any makeup. And I said, you didn't even say anything about the fact that I came outside without nothing on my face. He said, you look the same. That hurt my feelings so bad. I'm like, what you mean? Oh, my goodness. I, I do this every day. I take 15 minutes a day on this. And you tell me I look the same. But it, it, it made me recognize. It, they don't care like that. This is for you. And if you're not doing it for you, you might want to make an adjustment. Bingo. Yeah. And that's so, um, you know, to a certain level, people who listen and who know Lakisa, um, I don't know what y'all are talking about because I'll walk out with yoga pants on on my days off. I'm, I'm straight. I'm fine. Um, I have yoga pants on and a full B face. How about that? <laughs> all right. Yoga From the neck down, it's yoga all right. Long as my face is cute. Yeah, I might. Sometimes it's even cuter. I'm the red lipstick queen, so I can just throw on some lipstick and no foundation. I, I mean, you know, once in a blue moon, I will wear makeup. But um, that's I, I have some cousins who they will wear makeup since they were like. 14 years old like there's nothing nothing against that but it's like that wasn't I don't know that wasn't my thing but however I do but that's I your do natural appreciate, beauty that's, I do your, that's your natural beauty right and I do but I do appreciate the makeup artist because I love when they when somebody does my makeup I'm like oh my gosh Holly Berry has nothing on it <laughs> Like, this <laughs> just, just as a joke. I'm just like, wow, this looks real well, like a different person. But um, so, but I, I think it's all relevant. I, I mean, hey, y'all can do my face any day. Do a makeup on over on me. I, I would love it. <laughs> well, God bless you. But that's, all that's, but that's what I'm saying. With that, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying God bless all of you all in your makeup ministries. That I don't think that's my ministry. <laughs> But I, but I, but let me agree with Wendy. I think it be, it depends on your profession. Um, as a gospel artist, I have to look the part. So that is one of the only times I would be in a beat face. But when I tell you I was such the tomboy, uh, the 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 thing that changed me was on college campus after I won Miss Langston. I was the tomboy, like baggy jeans, oversized sweaters, hoop uh, earrings, basketball necklace, hair and bones, the whole nine. A professor pulled me over and said, don't you ever, for the rest of your life, ever walk on this campus or walk in public looking like that. And since then, I said, okay, well, maybe I'll try to look like a little woman now because she definitely put me in my place. Oh, oh man. That was some some tough stuff. Tough stuff. Well, ladies, this topic uh, definitely was uh, very, very good. We definitely have to... um, um, part two, everybody, of what is natural beauty um, on our next show. But we're going to go on to our last and final topic, which is confidence versus arrogance, balancing confidence and arrogance. So with this, you know, there's levels to it um, with confidence and arrogance. And sometimes right off the bat, people can be um very arrogant, or you can just see that confidence. Sometimes I even think it's cultural. Even we talk about um, uh, different parts of the world. But, Ebby, what are your thoughts? When you think of confidence and arrogance, what do you think are the common denominators or what are the big differences? Um, first of all, humility. You know, an, an arrogant person, I would say, doesn't have much humility. Um, 
going on. Um, one thing my dad always taught me is that nobody is better than me, but I'm also not better than anybody else. And arrogance says that you're better than someone else, you know. Um, so I can think very highly of myself. Hold on. Oh, you hear me better now. I can think very highly of myself without having to look down on someone else in the process or having to, um, you know, just uh, devalue someone else so that I can feel better about myself. And to me, that's what arrogance is. You know, confidence is God-based. You know, I know who I am because of who he said I am, uh, and nothing more, nothing less. So I walk with my head held high because he's the lifter of my head. Um, and because of mm-hmm. who and what he's done in my life, I can walk confidently in knowing who I am because my identity is founded in him. So for me, that's what confidence is. Okay, cool. And just as a reminder, um, everyone who's listening, you can call in for your comments and questions. And Ebony, um mm-hmm. Can you give them, Leah, I'm sorry. Leah, can you give them that number again? Sure, 929-477-2304. If you have questions, press 1. Again, that number is 929-477-2304, and press 1 if you have questions. If you actually called in, just press 1. But if you happen to be online, you need to dial the number and then press 1. Yeah, so once you guys press one, we can see that you have a question or comment um, or even topics that you would further like to hear, to hear discussed in the future. We definitely want to hear from you guys who are on and listening. We appreciate you guys listening tonight. So this this confidence and arrogance, um, Ebby, that was a very good point you made. Humility, wow, you know, don't hear that all the time. You know, um, and that is that is definitely an area of um, of growth that I think all of us can. But I think with this generation, um, humility um, is something that we don't see as often. So, Leah, what are your thoughts on the arrogance versus confidence and keeping a balance on those two? I I have to be honest. I struggle in this area. Uh, because I, I never want to come across arrogant. And so because of that, I've, I've always have, had self-confidence issues anyway, but because it's so bad, I don't even allow myself to operate in the full uh, confidence that God has given me in a lot of areas um, based on fear of either being misunderstood or coming across, you know, a different way. Uh, those who may have multiple gifts or gifted in different areas may you know, sort of understand that concept or point of view that you just you don't want to be taken for what you're not. But the older I get, I'm learning that confidence isn't a bad thing. Um, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's that's confidence right there. Arrogance is I can do everything mm-hmm. without you guys. So <laughs> it definitely is a balance. Um, the my biggest pet peeve is arrogance or haughtiness. I can't stand it. Like if I smell it, I can smell it a mile away. If someone mm. um, you know, looks a bit off or says the wrong thing or the same, uh, it just it drives me up the wall. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I try my best to do the complete opposite, but then, again, it, it keeps me in my shell. So that's, that's not a good thing. But, um, you know, I think it's important to 
operate in confidence if, if we're going to go where God is destined us to go. We have to be confident about it. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to just branch off just a little teeny bit just when it comes to confidence in dating. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that is that is definitely um, attractive and uh, attribute to have. And, you know, you think about guys when they're like, hey, how you doing? And so many times, oh, I'm not interested. Oh, you know, oh, no, I'm taking, you know. It, it kind of like will beat down your spirit. So I, I just think about that sometimes. Like it takes a lot to have confidence to even approach a beautiful woman, any any woman, for a number or a dance. But I will never forget. This is so funny. I thought um, like one, this was a while back, somebody came up to me and just asked me to dance. They actually just went for my hand. Very gentle, very gentle light, but I'm like, even with that, um, not not seeming arrogant at all, but having confidence. And I think for me, when it comes to in a relationship, with, that is um, definitely attractive versus the latter of arrogance because you can be humbled real quick. Right. So when you do start to make those moves of acting like that, it's kind of like, Whoa now. All right now. Hold 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 on, Horsey. Let's let's pull the rings back. But um I think any man wants a woman who's confident as well. If we're I'm just speaking on the dating aspect and um and someone who's confident um has um who's who's confident in him or he's confident in her. So I think those are important but that was just my little variable when it comes to the date. I think it's very attractive for a man to be. It really um, is. Confident. <laughs> I need you to know that you can mm-hmm. handle the shea butter skin over here. I need you to know. Just <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it speaks so much volume um, because my thing is if I'm, I need, I need a leader to submit to. I need someone who's confident because if if he can't approach me, then how, you know, it's, it's going to make me wonder how he handles just everyday life type stuff. Yes. Way. And, you know, maybe I'm just that beautiful that I am totally intimidated. <laughs> you know, and I just don't, I don't believe that. But, <laughs> you know, well, I, I that he yeah. will be That could be very much so true. Mm. Mm-hmm. And a hush filled the room. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I say that. Oh, the reason I yeah. is because that we, we need to stop doing that. There is nothing wrong with you knowing that you are beautiful and saying that yeah. that's, a, that's a possibility that of a reason why a man would be intimidated. There's nothing wrong with, with saying there's nothing egotistical or arrogant about acknowledging the truth. That's confidence. That's not arrogance. Yeah, and, and yeah. we need to we need to embrace that. There's nothing wrong with with acknowledging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's that's what God said I am. That's who He says I am. And it that may be a reason why you may be intimidated. So sorry. I'm gonna need him to get over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, just know, men, it's it's okay. You know what? Say hello. Hello. It's me. Just say hello, go up to her, uh, you know, our ladies, you know, um, not saying I'm not, I'll never say a man to approach a man, a woman to approach a man. However, 
smile. If you want to smile back, it's okay to say hello and smile back because you do want somebody who can show their teeth and be a little maybe talkative and approachable. Yeah, you know, just like, you know. Definitely Even just be, being able to talk to anybody, children, homeless people, um, a stranger, that's attractive, being able to able to converse with different people. Sorry, but I just I, went on another tangent. <laughs> I really like what Wendy said, you know, that um, sometimes we confuse that confidence with, with arrogance um, to – you know, I always say it's false humility for you to feel that you're a beautiful person and deny it, you know. Um, but we're not often encouraged. It's, it's like there seems to be extremes almost, um, like the little girl who was focused on the Nikes. Um, you know, there there is a healthy balance, and I think you speak to it, Wendy. There is a healthy balance between acknowledging the beauty in how God created you um, mm-hmm. but not to the point where it's arrogance. It's like on that that. You know, confidence is in the middle of this of this pole. Confidence is in the middle. At one extreme is arrogance. At the other extreme is low self-esteem. Absolutely. So it's the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very I much actually so. found this wonderful article uh, differentiating between confidence and arrogance, and one of the biggest things uh, that was noted was that arrogant people are single-minded, like they have a superiority complex. Whereas confident people are high-minded, but it's because they feel good without having the desire to offend other people. Um, and it's better than others, whereas a confident person uh, may be encouraging more uh, in their interactions with others. So uh, it is one of those fine little needles, but you can dibble and dabble to the left or to the right depending on your own personality. So. And I, I, I yeah. think with the with the whole thing about confidence that is not focused on enough, it's to me understanding and accepting the truth about who you are. Period. Good, bad, and indifferent. And it's like in this, you know, because the, the confidence is, the confidence rather is not in and of yourself. It's you, God is your confidence, and recognizing right. that you know the things that are not quite great, you know, He's the balancing agent to me. The good stuff he makes great, you know, and the stuff that ain't so great yeah. he's helping me out with, you know, and I stand in the truth of who he says I am, nothing more, nothing less, and I'm good with me as I grow, as I develop, as I'm becoming all that he created me to be. I'm good with that. I'm not going to shrink that, you know, and I think it's, it's, it's underrated, again, the importance of really developing confidence in, in our children and our young youth and, and stuff like that because can't, nobody can tell me. I'm not who I am when I know who I am. But if I'm still vacillating because I'm not sure who I am or I'm overly confident in a lie of who I really am, (laughs) then somebody can come and knock me off my my square and then mess Mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. But if I'm, if I'm, firm on who he has called, who he has made me to be, and I'm allowing him to develop me in that. You can come, you can say what you want to say. It don't make me know, never mind, I'm still me. Mm-hmm. Come on, Pastor Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. It's about it. Yeah. <laughs> we are getting close to the end of our segment, you guys. This has been so fun tonight, and time flies when you're in 
Good Conversations with the Queen. So we encourage all you guys to listen, tune in to our next show. We will be posting dates. And um, we didn't have any. uh, November 3rd. November 3rd is our next show, Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, So please tune in. 7.30 p.m. Central Time. So we're going to have our round clock um, little snippet from each queen. We'll start with the queen, Leah. Any uh, last comments? I enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot. One of the things that stood out to me um, that will, I think, wrap everything up is that we are all created in the image of God, and God doesn't make junk. Um, each of us are unique in our own individual ways. Uh, but the scripture that I found was charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That wraps Amen. up beauty for me. Yes. Yes. Okay. Queen Abby. I loved uh, Wendy's We Are the Choosers comment. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's, it's so empowering and I just it just really hit home. We are the choosers. We get to select. Um, I just like that. It just resonated with me. Mm. Really resonated with me. Yeah. And it's biblical. <laughs> and it's biblical. I didn't make it up. Okay. And Wendy. Um, again, I don't, I don't know the, the, it's in Psalms somewhere, but it does say, blessed is the man that you choose and allow to dwell in your court. So because you are the one that is responsible for the choosing, ladies, be very responsible where you put your choice because where your choice is your, goes your blessing. And so you don't want to bless junk. You don't want to bless something that doesn't uh, compete with who God has called you to be and where he's taking you. So be very, 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 very um Confident and be very careful in what you choose and where you place your blessing. Okay, and then my last comment is um, everything mixed in a gumbo bowl of what these beautiful ladies said because it's all true and relevant. You have the keys. You have the keys to the empowerment of yourself. And guess what? When you find those keys, those keys, your king to women, that suit will follow. And to um, to men, when you find the keys of your self-image and who you are, your queen will follow. Thank you guys for listening to Queen Conversations and tune in on November 3rd for the next show. Have a blessed, blessed evening. 830 Eastern. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Bye, ladies. Bye. Bye.